Greetings, Summit Church family and anyone else who may be listening. Hey, this is part two of the series I'm doing on end times for dummies. And hey, again, I'm not implying anybody's a dummy, but uh, what we're doing here is uh, looking at end time events for people who know little to nothing about end time events. And my hope is, is that by the time we get to the end of this series, several weeks down the road, that that I'll be able to take you from knowing little to nothing about uh, the events of the end times to having a working knowledge. Okay, so uh, last week, oh, and by the way, let me know you're out there. Send me a, a, a comment or, or, you know, uh, you can send me a question. Send me some questions if you have questions about the end times, and I'll try my best to answer some or all of them it, it next week. Uh, but let me know you're out there. Communicate with me in some way, and uh, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, hey, last week I gave you a reading assignment, and I had asked you to begin reading the book of Revelation. And I, I know that there's a lot of symbolism in there, and it's real easy to get confused and bogged down. So, um, like I said, I'll, I, we're going to highlight the book of Revelation. We're not going to go through every verse or, or you know, look at each chapter in detail. We're kind of highlighting it. But, you know, there's a special blessing. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy, or the words of the book of Revelation, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. And, of course, of course, we're living in the end, end times, I believe. We talked about that last week. But, hey, there's a special blessing just for reading the book of Revelation or listening to it. So read through it, uh, and uh, there'll be a blessing in it. But, again, if you get confused or whatnot, just stick with me here, and we'll take you through it over the next several weeks and hopefully give you a working knowledge uh, of the end times. Now, let's uh, pick up in Revelation chapter 4. Last week I went through Revelation chapter 1, and then we talked about Revelation chapter 2 and 3. In Revelation chapter 4, we looked at verse 1 last week that had to do with the rapture of the church. So I'll not go through all of that again. If you missed uh, part 1, you can get it on YouTube or Facebook, and uh, I'd recommend that you go back and listen to that to catch you up on where we're at right now. I'm not going to take time to review, or we'd never get done, okay? Or it would take me a long time to get done, many, many weeks. So go back and uh, look at that, and that'll, that'll catch you up. But Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, After these things I looked, that's the Apostle John, on the Isle of Patmos, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. And, of course, we talked about that last week, the rapture of the church, or the catching up of the church from earth to heaven. And then let's move on now into, into the new material today. Verse 2, Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. Now, uh, uh, apparently now John is over in the Spirit uh, realm. Uh, apparently, he was not literally caught up to heaven from the Isle of Patmos, but he went up in, in, in his spirit. His spirit was taken to heaven, uh, is, is apparently what happened here. And so he's, he's taken up into heaven, and uh, 
his spirit goes up into heaven, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now he sees the throne of God, and he, he sees one sitting on the throne who, who is God. What a sight to see. And, and let's just read through some of these verses. They, they just excite me to read them. And, and we get a scene of heaven and God's throne. Verse 3, And he who sat there, speaking of God, was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. So think about that. Be just beautiful. Verse 4, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Now, these 24 uh, uh, thrones, these 24 people, I believe are representative of Old Testament saints and New Testament saints. You know, there were 12 tribes of Israel and 12 apostles. So I believe that that well could be who these uh, thrones represent. And they had crowns of gold on their head. Now, uh, now, now it's interesting. It says right here, uh, he, they were clothed in white robes. Now, that's the gown of salvation, I believe. Without, without any uh, hesitation, I'm going to say that's the, uh, uh, that white robe, that's the gown of salvation. That's a free gift that every person gets, uh, that every sinner gets when they repent of their sins, receive Jesus. That white robe is a free gift. Okay, and that's, that gives you entrance into heaven. That's a free gift. But they also had crowns of gold on their heads. Now that, we're going to talk about those crowns here in just a few minutes. Those are things we earn while here on this earth in our service to the Lord. So I think that's interesting. They had white robes, gown of salvation or a robe of salvation, free gift from the Lord by getting saved, receiving him as Savior, when you get washed in his precious blood and become a Christian, you get born again. So you get clothed, that white, clothed in that white robe. But those crowns are a free gift. Uh, uh, let me start over. The white robe is a free gift of salvation. The crowns are crowns of reward that we earn. We'll see this in a minute through our service here upon the earth for the Lord. So we'll talk more about that in a moment. Now verse 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. I mean, that's going to be an awesome, awesome thing to see one day when we go to heaven. And then seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, this sometimes confuses people, but it sh don't let it confuse you. Uh, there are not seven Holy Spirits. There's only one Holy Spirit, but this is making reference to his sevenfold ministry, that he has. Now, I'll not get into that right now, but that's what that's making reference to. So one Holy Spirit, but he has a sevenfold ministry. And, and again, that's what that's making reference to. Now, verse 6, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. <laughs> now, think about that. I mean, the so, some interesting, interesting things we're going to see in heaven, uh, namely that right there, these, these, uh, these living, four living creatures. And uh, verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, the third had a face like a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. 
And uh, somebody asked me one time, what significance does this have? Well, I think it's interesting. Uh, the lion, in, in Matthew's gospel account, Jesus is seen, you know, you've heard of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, in Matthew's gospel account, Jesus is seen as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And in Mark's gospel account, he is seen as a tireless servant, which the calf here uh, represents that. And then the third uh, creature had a face as a man. In Luke's gospel account, Jesus is seen as the son of man. And then the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And this is symbolic of his deity. And in John's gospel account, we see Jesus as the son of God. So uh, Matthew, lion, Mark. The, the calf, Luke, the man, and uh, John, the flying eagle, the son of God. I, I just think that's interesting. Anyway, verse 8, the four li living creatures each had six wings and were full of eyes around and within. And, uh, you know, there was a prophet in the Old Testament that got to see the throne of God also. I believe it was Isaiah. And uh, he saw the same thing John saw here. This, this is very interesting. And um, anyway, they do not rest. These living creatures do not rest day or night saying, holy, holy, holy. And I believe one for the Father, one holy for the Son, the Lord Jesus, and one holy for the Holy Spirit. But, uh, but they say, holy, holy, holy. They never sleep, rest day or night. They're saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, that's to God, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. Wow. I mean, worship. I mean, this is a scene of heaven, the throne of God. They're worshiping the Lord. And notice what these elders do with their, their crowns. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Notice, they take the crowns that they earned in service for the Lord while here on the earth, after they became, after they got saved, and they worship the Lord with those crowns. I, I, I just think that, that that's fascinating. Now, so what happened here, just to recap, John is caught up to heaven. Remember we told you last week, he is a type of the church, okay? And when he's caught up, that is representative of the church being raptured or caught up to heaven. And, of course, John saw the, uh, the, the throne of God and that heavenly scene we just read about. We're going to get to see the same thing when, when the rapture of the church takes place or when we go by way of the grave. Either way, we're going to get to see the throne of God. And isn't, I mean, that is going to be exciting. And we just read about it. But now, having said that, after the rapture of the church, that great heavenly scene we just read about, there's, there's something that we need to discuss, and it's, it's, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. This is the event, and I, and I mentioned it last week. I want to get into it today. This is what happens, uh, the, 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 the first big event that happens after the rapture of the church, and it takes place in heaven, and it's called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, before we get into that, I want to uh, call your attention to Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27. And it says this, And it is appointed for men 
once to die, or to die once, but after this, the judgment. Now listen, whenever a person dies, okay, and we're all appointed to die, none of us are, are going to escape physical death unless uh, we're exempted from that by the rapture of the church. And again, we talked about all that last week, what's going to happen to us if we're still living here on the earth when the rapture happens. So I'll not go through all that again. But it's appointed unto everyone once to die. After this, the judgment. We're all going to have to face judgment. Now, let me just tell you, when a person dies, and I'm going to keep this real simple, when a person dies right now, when they die, and this has happened all, all along here now in, in the Old Testament and New, but I need to explain a little bit to you. When a person dies and they don't know Jesus as their Savior, they go to a place called hell. It's a place of torment, and it's terrible, and it's eternal. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about what happens to all those people in hell, their spirits. We'll talk about what ultimately happens to them later on in the series when we talk about the, the lake of fire and all of that. I won't get into that right now. But when a person, Old Testament or New, dies and they don't know Jesus as their Savior, they've never received him, they go, their, their, their body is buried, but their spirit leaves their body and goes to a place called hell. It's a place of fire torment, terrible place, don't want to go there. That's why you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But for a person that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens to them when they die? Well, in the Old Testament, when they died, Old Testament saints, they, they got saved by looking forward to the cross. We get saved here by looking backward in this time, by looking backward to the cross. But it's always been what Jesus did, his death, burial, and resurrection. But in the Old Testament, when, when folks died, believers died, their spirits didn't go to heaven. Their spirits went in to what's known as paradise or Abraham's bosom in the inner workings of the earth in the spiritual realm. Okay, we talked about that on my Easter message. So you can go back to the Easter message just a few days ago and listen to that. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he, he took all of those Old Testament saints' spirits out of Abraham's bosom, and they're in heaven now. See, in the Old Testament, a believer died and went down into paradise or Abraham's bosom. But Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, took all those spirits up to heaven with him. Okay? Now, this side of the cross, after the resurrection of Christ, after he died on the cross, was raised from the dead, now when believers die, don't go down into Abraham's bosom, but we go up into heaven. And it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And so when, when a sinner dies, see, it's appointed unto men, men once to die, after this, to, after this, the judgment. When a sinner dies, their judgment, well, there it is. They go to hell. That's judgment. That's terrible judgment. Okay? But when a believer dies, they get judgment also. Uh, we get to go up to heaven. And that's wonderful. And that's fantastic. But there's something else that happens, and it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And I personally, personally believe that when a believer dies, okay, go to heaven. I personally think that before we go into heaven, we, there, there's this judgment seat of Christ, which we'll talk about. But when the rapture takes place and the whole church is caught up to heaven, this judgment seat of Christ, I believe, is going to take place on a mass scale for all the believers who go in the rapture. 
Okay? And uh, so let's talk about the judgment seat of Christ, what actually happens. Now, what I want to do here is I want to uh, draw a distinction between, uh, just like last week I drew this, a distinction between the rapture and the second coming of Christ, I want to draw a distinction between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Now, the, the judgment seat of Christ, which we're going to talk about right here in a few minutes, that is, is for believers, for Christians, for saved people. Okay? What is known as the great white throne judgment, that doesn't happen until later in the book of Revelation, actually after the millennium, and we'll talk about all of that later on as we go, but that great white throne judgment happens way on down the road, and that is a judgment for people who never received Jesus as their Savior, okay? And they'll, their, their spirits will come up out of, out of hell. They'll be reunited with their bodies. They'll stand before that great white throne of God. They'll be judged according to their works, and then they'll be cast into a worse place than hell. It's known as the lake of fire and they'll be tormented there forever and ever. It's a terrible thing. I, I beg you, receive Jesus as your Savior. Please receive him. Okay? That's the great white throne judgment. We'll say more about that later. But let's talk about believers, people that are Christians that have received Jesus. When the rapture takes place, the church will be, all those who are in Christ will be caught up to heaven and will have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this judgment seat of Christ is not a heaven-hell judgment, okay? It's not a heaven-hell judgment. When we see Jesus bore our judgment for hell on the cross, okay, and, and, and everything he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, when we, we receive him as our Savior, the heaven-hell issue is over for us. Okay? We don't have to worry about that anymore, all right? The judgment seat of Christ is a judgment for believers' works, works, their works. Remember, we looked at it a moment ago, those elders in heaven, they had that white robe. That was a free gift. You get that when you receive Jesus. But then they also had crowns on their heads. See, those are rewards that you can get. We'll talk about what those crowns are here in just a moment. Uh, those are rewards you can get for living for God here on the earth. Okay? So, so, when the, when the rapture takes place, those who are in Christ, who've received Jesus, will be, will be the dead in Christ rise first, get their glorified bodies, all that, and we're changed, we get glorified bodies, we go to heaven, talked about that last week, but now we're up there in heaven, all right, that beautiful scene we just read about, the throne of God and all of that, but now we as believers have to stand before God, not for heaven, hell, but we're going to get judged for the works that we did here on the earth, okay? From the time we got saved till the time of our either our death and we go by way of the grave or the rapture, okay? So, rapture takes place. We're in heaven, all right, standing before the throne of God. And, and like I said, don't get the judgment seat of Christ confused with the great white throne judgment. So I already talked about that. But now let's look here at Romans 14, verse 10. The book of Romans... Chapter 14, verse 10. I'll pick up midway through the verse. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is talking about believers, Christians, okay? 
The judgment seat of Christ is only for Christians, okay? Not for sinners. That's the great white throne judgment. This judgment seat of Christ is for Christians, believers, those who have truly trusted in Jesus, okay? Again, it's not a heaven-hell judgment. It's a judgment for believers' works, okay? We all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. See, heaven's a free gift. We get that free gift by receiving Jesus. But we are going to have to give account to God for what we did for him while living here upon the earth. Okay? From the time we got saved on, on past that, we're going to have to give account to God for that. Okay? So we need to remember that. You know, last week I said to you, you know, the, the rapture, who goes in the rapture? Well, everyone who's in Christ, everyone who knows Jesus. But then, you know, there are some people who say, well, you know, heaven's a free gift, and, you know, I can live however I want to down here, and, and you know, I'm still going to get to go to heaven. Well, if you truly trust in Jesus, you're going to get to go to heaven, but you're going to have to give account for the uh, things you've done here on the earth as, as a Christian, okay? And by the way, I'm concerned about so-called Christians that have the attitude, well, you know, I, I received Jesus, so I'm going to just, I can just live however I want here on the earth. Uh, if you have that attitude, you need to check up and see if you really did get saved. Because people who have that kind of attitude, you know, or if you can just sin and it don't bother you at all, you need to check up and see if you really got saved, okay? All right, now having said that, again, talking to Christians, after the rapture, judgment seat of Christ, we all have to give account of our lives to God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Let's read this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done. Listen to this. Whether good or bad. Whether good or bad. So it is possible for a Christian to live here on the earth and do things that they shouldn't do. Maybe have you know lukewarm attitudes towards God, towards the, their service toward God, and their attitude towards service in the local church, or so on and so forth, or just in the way they live. And it, it, it's, it, it says. I'm going to read this again. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. All right? Think about that. And then verse 11. Now, this is being written to Christians. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You see, a lot of people think the judgment seat of Christ is just going to be a wonderful, exciting, fantastic event. And yes, it will be wonderful, exciting, and fantastic for Christians who lived right for the Lord here upon the earth. But if you didn't live as you should for the Lord here upon the earth, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be a terrifying time for you. And 
we'll see what that is here in just, just, just a moment. So again, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's talking about Christians. And, and we're going to have to give account of ourselves to God. We're going to have to bow our knee before him. We're going to have to confess with our mouths to him and give account of what we've done, whether good or bad. And again, it'll be a wonderful time of blessing for many Christians, but a terrifying time for others. What do you mean? Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Now, this gives us a little more detail of the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 11, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, what that verse means is that salvation is a free gift. I've already said it, but I want to keep repeating it. I want you to get it. Uh, salvation is a free gift. Jesus is our foundation. Okay, When we receive him, we've got the foundation He's the free gift. We receive him. Then we get to go to heaven when we die or when the rapture takes place. Okay? No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation, now we're, we begin to talk about what we've done for the Lord while in our physical bodies here on the earth after we get saved. If anyone builds on this foundation, Jesus is the foundation, but now what do we do for him in our, in our lives after we get saved, after we come to him? If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, that's what you want. Gold, build, you want to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. And then it goes on to say wood, hay, and straw. Now, you don't want to build your house with wood, hay, and straw. Just go look back at the lesson of the three pigs, that, that nursery rhyme, and you can see you don't want to build your house with wood, hay, and straw, okay? But a little humor there. Hopefully you, you, you found that humorous. But notice, if anyone builds on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, you don't want, to, you don't want wood, hay, and straw. You want gold, silver, and precious stones. Now watch this, verse 13. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. What day? The judgment seat of Christ on that day. Because it will be revealed by fire. Now, this is not talking about the fires of hell. This is talking about the fire of God. For it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So your works... And my works are going to be tested at the judgment seat of Christ by the fire of God. Again, this is not a heaven-hell issue. The heaven-hell issue has already been settled when we receive Jesus. This is a judgment to see whether our works were good or bad, whether they were gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw. Our works are going to be tested by the fire of God, and the fire will test each one's work yours and mine, of what sort it is. Now watch this, verse 14. This is 1 Corinthians 3. If anyone's work, and we could say it this way, if any Christian's work, which he has built on it, on the foundation, endures, he will receive a reward. I'm going to tell you what those rewards are in just a moment. But he'll receive a reward. 
I'll just say this. Remember those 24 elders? They had crowns. That's where they got them, at the judgment seat of Christ. If anyone work, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, endures that fire, he will receive a reward. That's good. Now watch verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, now here's, here's the terrifying part of the judgment seat of Christ. Remember we, we said a moment ago, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Listen to this. If anyone's work, talking about Christian, Christians who didn't live like they should here on the earth, they didn't live on fire for the Lord, they were loose and lackadaisical and all of that, you know. If anyone's work is burned, they built with wood, hay, and straw instead of gold, silver, precious stones. See, the gold, silver, and precious stones are part of the reward, if there's reward. But if you've built with wood, hay, and straw, maybe you, you talked about people behind their backs. Maybe you didn't walk in love as you should. Maybe you told a lie here or there. You know what I'm talking about. Dabbled in things you shouldn't be dabbling in. And the Holy Spirit deals with your heart, deals with your heart. You, and you never repent, never repent. Okay? Things you shouldn't be doing. All right? Maybe you never supported the work of God here on the earth. Maybe you never served in the local church as you should. We could list numerous things. It's wood, hay, and straw. Maybe you walked in love. Maybe you, you, you helped people and you, you lived as you should and, and all of that. See, that's gold, silver, precious stones. But then there's wood, hay, and straw. If you built with wood, hay, and straw, listen to this. I'm trying to finish verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, you built with wood, hay, and straw, your work is burned. Now watch this. He will suffer loss. You see, the judgment seat of Christ will be a glorious event for so many, but it will be a day of great sorrow for many as well. Those who didn't live as they should for the Lord here on the earth. They built on the foundation, wood, hay, and straw. The fire of God tests their work. It's all burned up, and they suffer loss. Not the loss of their souls, but the loss of reward. They shall suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Now that's good news. So it's possible at the judgment seat of Christ that you could have, you built, after you got saved, you didn't live for the Lord as you should, you built with wood, hay, straw, the judgment seat of Christ takes place, the fire of God, Test your work. It's all burned up. You suffer loss. You lose all reward. But he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. That fire of God. Test your work. It's all burned up. You suffer great loss. Stand ashamed before God. But he himself will be saved. How can that be? Because salvation is a free gift through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you get to go into heaven. That's a free gift. But you'll have no reward, no crowns of reward, 
nothing to lay at Jesus' feet to worship him with, it'll be a time of great, great sorrow for those Christians. But let me close by talking about, notice verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on that foundation endures, he'll receive a reward. What are the rewards? Well, uh, as you study the scripture, remember those elders had, that we talked about, those 24 elders had crowns. and They laid them at Jesus' feet and worshipped him, okay? Crowns of reward. As you study the Bible, there are five crowns of reward. And I'm just going to list them briefly here for you. But these are things that you can, can do here upon the earth as a Christian to earn reward once you go to heaven. Again, you're not earning your way to heaven. That's a free gift. But we're talking about after you get, after you get there, these are the rewards you can get at the judgment seat of Christ. First one is for those who love his appearing. So there's a crown for you if you're just looking for the Lord's return and you're looking forward to it, you're excited about it, there's a crown for you. And then there's another one, another crown for those who endure persecution, hardness, and even death for the, for the cause of Christ. So if you've had to endure persecution, the Bible says all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if you've endured persecution and hardness, even death, for the sake of the Lord Jesus, there's a special crown for, for those people. And then here's a third one. For those who resist temptation and keep their flesh under control. Now think about that. A special crown for those people who resist temptation, talking about Christians now, who resist temptation and keep their flesh under control. See, as you resist temptation, you, you resist that temptation to gossip, you resist that temptation to lie, you resist that temptation to walk outside of love, you resist that temptation to be you know, to, to, to not be a forgiver and all of that, you, those sorts of things. You resist the temptation, different temptations, and you keep your flesh under control. There's a there's a special reward for you at the judgment seat of Christ. And then fourthly, there's a, I believe this is, I think this is going to be the most beautiful crown of all. It's the soul winner's crown. The soul winner's crown for those Christians who preached and shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others and brought people to Christ. Uh, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. There's, there's a soul winner's crown. We're talking about gold, uh, silver, and precious stones. I believe these, these crowns are made up of gold, silver, and precious stones. I believe, this, I believe the soul winner's crown is the most beautiful. And then finally, there's a, a special crown for ministers, ministers of the gospel, those who, who have, have faithfully preached the gospel to others to, as, as a minister, standing as a minister of the gospel, people who stood behind pulpits and there's a special crown for those for ministers who, who never took advantage of their flocks or, 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 or abused people in any way, you know, or took advantage of people. There, there's a special crown for those ministers. You understand what I'm saying? So five crowns composed of gold, silver, and precious stones. And guess what we get to do with those crowns? We get to take them and lay them at Jesus' feet, at the feet of Almighty God, and worship him with, with them. That, that'll be a wonderful day. Some other things 
I think that the Lord's going to look at at the judgment seat of Christ is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Because in one of the parables, Jesus kept saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Remember what faithfulness is. It's always doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, with a good and a right attitude. I believe he's going to look at faithfulness. And, uh, and the way we treat others. The way we treat others. And, and he's going to, I believe, look at motives at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, only God can really look into our hearts and why a motive. Why did we do what we did when we did it? I've, I've learned this. You know, it's possible to serve God but not have a, a good and a right heart toward it. You know, doing the right things but grumbling and complaining while you're doing them. You know? <laughs> and so we got to watch our motives, you know, and be sure our motives are pure. So these are things that are going to come up with the judgment seat of Christ. So I want to encourage you. Live right for God. Live right. I'm talking to Christians now. Live right for the Lord. And be sure that you're getting these uh, gold, silver, and precious stones, these crowns laid up for you, okay? And, uh, and if you've been building with wood, hay, and straw, you know, repent. Repent. And, uh, and, and start working on the gold, silver, and precious stones, okay? All right. So uh, that's the judgment seat of Christ. I trust now that you know a little bit about that. What I want to start with next week, I want you to read Revelation chapter 5. There's 14 verses there. And you're going to read about a, a scroll with seven seals. And you'll get to see some more what heaven looks like and the worship of heaven. And then uh, you can start with uh, Revelation chapter. Go ahead and re read Revelation chapter 6 also. Because we're going to look also at the release of the Antichrist. And I'll show you that uh, I'll show you that he can't even be released until the church is raptured up out of this earth. So we'll look at, take a look at him, and then we'll look at the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know. And so we'll get into all that next week. I trust this has been a blessing to you. Again, uh, if you have questions about anything I've said, communicate that with us in the comment section. And, hey, it's been an honor to, to teach you today and to share with you. I just get thrilled with the word of God. I love each and every one of you. Thanks so much for watching. And uh, trust you're learning some things or getting a good review of some things. And Hey, I'll see you again right here this Sunday, okay? So God bless you. Bye-bye.